Good evening. I'm October Weeks, paranormal, horror, dark fantasy author. I also write romance under the name Libby Bishop. Welcome to Haunted October's Paranormal Podcast. Grab your favorite drink, cozy up around the campfire, and enjoy the show. So tonight, I'm going to do some stories by the fire uh, featuring Billy. So I'll be reading from Salt and Iron. I'm working on book two, which is really rolling along, and... Um, it just felt right to read from Billy. Um, but before I do that, um, just some updates. So I took the plunge and I'm going to try my hand at a small business with the candle making. Um, it'll be candles, room sprays, and scentables. And it will have a paranormal bent because this is me we're talking about. <laughs> Um, I've tested a lot and I had um, friends and co-workers take some samples and they're absolutely in love with what I've done so far so I'm gonna go ahead and give it a go I decided to name it Minton Beans and those of you who read the Isles and West series you will know that Minton Beans is a small store in the Delilah and Millie books and they make you know homemade you know fresh coffee fresh teas they make homemade um sweets and ice cream and all of that stuff and so i thought it was appropriate as kind of a tie-in to the candles and everything to name it mitten beans um and the logo which was done by once design um if you follow me on instagram um you'll be able to follow them too. They're on the post that I made about the um, logo. And I love it, and I love it so much. This is the fourth logo they've done for me, and I absolutely love what Nikki did with it. Um, I want it to sort of tie in, uh, you know, like the Isles and West logo and the podcast logo, because it's all kind of under that same branding. And I, oh, I can't tell you guys how much I love it. I'm so excited um, to start selling stuff, and I will keep you all updated. I'm going to make another Instagram, and I'll keep you updated and all of that about it. But I wanted to share that with you because I know my Isles and West readers will um, will love the fact that it's mitten beans. <laughs> and I'm excited about it, too. I'm like, this is it. This is the name. The only other name that I contemplated was salt and iron um not just after not just kind of after um billy shane's first book but because of the meaning behind salt in the supernatural world as well as the uh, role of iron in that same way so but in the end i decided on mitten beans because salt and iron was actually a little too close um to someone else's brand name. It wasn't exact. There was a difference. I just felt that mitten beans would be better um, in that scenario. So I'm excited and I'll keep you guys up to date. Um, I've got a lot of stories moving right now. Um, and I took a little time away from the podcast again to recenter and get things on the roll again. And they are. So back to podcasting, I am. <laughs> Thank you for waiting for me. And without further ado, I hope you're all snuggled up to the fire. So here's a little um, 
snippet from Salt and Iron, which is Billy Shane's first book. This is from chapter nine. Yes, I'm, I'm gonna throw you guys right into the deep end of this book. It's been out uh, for a while now, so I'm gonna get right into the meaty part towards the end, just when they're going to the crypt to face the demon. The summer heat became more oppressive, even with night falling and a heavy, ominous blanket fell over the cemetery. Cressida began the spell to keep it locked in the crypt, walking slowly around the outside of it, but Billy could sense that she wouldn't be able to close it in time. It was awake, night was falling fast, and the spell too complicated to rush. With a knot of fear and adrenaline, and the adrenaline of a fight pumping through her, Billy slipped the vial of hellfire into her front pocket and slipped the dagger from her thigh, thigh sheath. Stay with Cressida, Galley. I need to go. I need you to stay outside. His hand brushed her arm just as Cressida reached the other side of the door. Billy, without hesitation, Billy charged forward just as the door burst open. Billy, Galley and Cressida shouted as she launched herself into the crypt and straight into the demon as it started to rise into the air. As she pushed the demon backward, more from surprise than by her hit, Billy shouted, close the fucking circle. Billy took advantage of the split second of shock from the demon and stabbed the dagger into its left wing. She pushed it down and sideways, slicing through the veins and delicate bones of the inner wing. It screeched loudly. Before she could move away, the other wing slammed into her, throwing her off and across the crypt into the stone wall. A huff left her as she hit the ground and rolled to her feet, just in time to miss a fist from the demon. Suddenly, a surge of power shook the tomb, Cressida setting the circle and trapping the demon inside. It roared once again, and dirt from the ceiling fell on Billy's head. Billy took the demon before her as its intense <clears throat> Billy took in the demon before her as its intense gaze stayed on her. About six five, one wing beating strongly as the other injured one lay limp. It looked like a vampire that would give all other vampires nightmares. I can smell the hellfire, the demon said as it took a step forward. The deep, gravelly voice sent chills through her. You use that while you are near me, and I'll take your soul with me into oblivion. We'll see, Billy said as the bat looked through the door at Galley and Cressida. It turned, and as it moved one foot forward, she rushed toward it and jumped on its back. The bat took flight, knocking into the center, knocking into the center coffin unbalanced with the injured wing. It turned sideways to fit through the door. Billy stabbed it in the side just as it collided with the barrier. The power pushed them backward. Her back hit the stone wall and the body of the demon sl practically slammed her through the stone at impact. Fuck, she muttered as the demon fell forward and she fell down to the ground. Her dagger was yanked from its side in the process. Fucking lucky that didn't break the vial open in my damn pocket. She shook off the hit, her head pounding, and she got and got to her feet as the demon punched at the barrier. The powerful strikes sent cracks through the barrier but didn't break it, Cressida holding the barrier up as she, as she chanted a spell. Seeing Galileo approach the demon, Billy said, Don't. Be ready with that hellfire, he countered. We can't let this thing out, Billy. Jump into the coffin if you can. 
The demon laughed, but that laugh abruptly stopped when Galley stood inches from the barrier. Rathburn, I can smell it in you, it growled. Dinner with a punch. Fuck you, demon. Billy slipped the vial from her pocket and met Cressida's gaze. The witch nodded once, a silent agreement with Galley's plan. Galley sliced his, sliced his palm, and as the blood began to spill, the demon tensed. Its wings froze, and it rose to full height as the smell rushed over and through it. Just like a vampire who's just smelled its first real meal in days. Moving into place quickly, standing at the open door, Billy prepared to sl prepared to throw the vial. The demon's head fell back, and it screeched pier and it screeched pierced the night sharply and loudly. The unmistakable sound of a wounded beast. Galley must have used the blessed dagger. For her, from her position, she couldn't see Galley that well. Billy threw the vial straight at the demon's back, aiming between the wings so she wouldn't miss. Then she ran into the crypt, to the coffin of Galley's greatest grandfather, and would have cried with release if she'd had the time. The lid had been knocked to the side enough for her to get in. She shimmied in head first so that most of her body would be covered, but still felt the need to use her arms to cover her head. Sorry, great grandpa Rathburn, she mumbled as she nearly lay on top of his entire skeleton. A loud crack sounded just as she did that. The room shook as a near silent wave of power rushed through the room. Though she couldn't see it, she knew black fire had just erupted around the coffin. That was the color of the hellfire. Uh, that was the color of hellfire. A moment later, energy th swept through the room like a shockwave. The unmistakable sound of a stone wall crumbling followed not long after. The coffin dropped to the ground and crumbled as well. Billy was pushed backward into and then through the wall from the power of the surge. She rolled several times and then slid down a small knoll. Bye-bye, demon. The thought entered her mind even as pain coursed through her head and body. Not knowing how badly she was hurt, Billy got to her knees and took in several deep breaths, hearing her name being called in the distance. In what seemed like minutes but was probably seconds, Galley and Cressida, Cressida appeared in front of her, the former taking hold of her shoulders and the later bringing a bottle to her mouth. Drink this now, the witch ordered. All of it. Billy did as told, unable to even process what was happening. She knew Cressida would never harm her, so she just swallowed the awful liquid in three gulps. Then she proceeded to cough from the aftertaste. Fucking hell, Cressida, she said with a cracked voice. That tastes like sulfur and muddy water. She coughed again. Just try and breathe normally, Galley told her as she met his gaze. Deep breathing will make everything worse right now. Again, she did as told, and after a few moments, the fuzziness and confuses, confusion lifted. The taste is due to the ingredients, the witch said as they helped Billy to her feet. I assure you, no, bud, no mud or sulfur was used in the drink. As Billy steadied herself on her feet, Galley's strong arms helping a great deal with that, she looked at Cressida. What's it for? That is to counteract the immediate side effects of the hellfire. The magic within the hellfire, even though it wasn't a direct hit to your body, can still harm your lungs. Oh, well then. We destroyed it? Yes, Galley said as carefully as he carefully let her go. 
but I saw a flash of Molly when the demon was completely gone. She's angry, Billy. Killing that bat pissed her off, to put it lightly. Where did she go? Hey! Rory's shout made her spin to the left. You okay? He asked as he and Rissa joined the group. Billy nodded. Nothing is broken, that I can feel anyway. Just bumps and bruises. Good, because Harlow said we need, we need to meet her at the hospital right now. Seems your girl Molly has a lot of secrets. And that's where I'm going to end that. Um, and as always, you know I'm not always the best reader <laughs> over the over the podcast but i hope you enjoyed that i'm having a lot of fun with billy's second book um so if you haven't read uh salt and iron i hope you do because i'm hoping to have billy 2 done by the end of june so that i can start getting it um to the publisher and hopefully out you know by the end of the year um or the beginning of next year I actually had a question about Billy, um, about Salt and Iron, um, about the reviews on it. So I'm just going to touch on that lightly um, since they asked off of the last podcast and it's taken so long for me to do another one and I greatly apologize for that. Um, And so it was about, do I read reviews? I do sometimes read reviews, um, especially if someone tags me in them. I don't go looking for them though and I stopped doing that um, because yes you have a have to have a thick skin in this business but I don't go looking because when you start reading reviews whether they're good or bad it affects your mood as a writer and especially the negative ones and even though a majority of the reviews could be good because you're not going to please everybody Um, I just find for me that it's easier to, you know, just start working on the next book and make it the best I can and move on. The other part of that question, um, was about, uh, the editing. There is one glaring mistake that I wish I could fix (laughs) in this book and in Salt and Iron. Um, and that's at the beginning with the pancake waffling. I did not catch it. My editor did not catch it. And sometimes you don't. You could go through these books thousands of times and quite literally that's what it feels like by the time you're done um, and it goes to print. Uh, It feels like you've looked at it that many times. Things are missed. Even the most New York Times best-selling authors, you know, from the big five publishers, you are going to find mistakes throughout the books. And everybody because you're human and do I wish I could fix it yes and when I can fix it I will get it fixed but right now that's just where it is and I apologize for it but can't do much about it right at this moment Um, I've learned uh, throughout my years since I first started publishing that you're not going to please everybody and that's okay and mistakes are going to be found in your books and people are going to people who don't like the books are going to nitpick it and those who love the books um could will mention it sometimes but not in a nitpicky way they normally just get to the heart of what they loved about the story and move on so 
hope that answered your question. <laughs> and it was probably a little longer than you were expecting. <laughs> but I do hope that that answered your question. If you have any other publishing questions or anything about writing, um, feel free to leave me a comment or shoot me an email on the podcast email. And um, I will answer it in the next podcast, which will be not more than two weeks from now because I've got a schedule again now that I'm back on a roll. And as you know, when I end a podcast, I always do a tarot reading, a tarot poll. But this time's going to be a little different. This one, I just got the new, finally, I pre-ordered the um, James Eads Oracle, uh, Prism Oracle card deck. And, oh, you guys, the artwork, the man is just everything tells a story if you get this and the tarot deck but if you get either of these don't shuffle them first lay them out in order because it tells an entire story and that story is a very much worth uh looking at so if you get either um the tarot deck or the oracle deck don't shuffle it don't do yourself a favor and do as he suggests and lay everything out in order and just look at the the beautiful story it lays out so i'm gonna shuffle my oracle deck i normally always shuffle this was another question i got um that came through from somebody who had um just listened to the podcast i did last year on uh, tarot and tarot cards and everything. Um, I do some people shuffle and then split the deck. I shuffle and just allow the cards to fall out. And two just fell out at me. Um, So death and the cosmic tree popped out of that deck. (laughs) So I'm going to read you uh, each one. And I can already tell you from the looks of this that it's accurate as it usually is. So this is death. The mirror card for it is the fool. New beginnings and second chances. In the beginning there is death. It is what we often fear most and know so little about. We we imagine it as the soundless dark void where there is nothing everywhere. But in this oracle, death marks the start. Perhaps it is here that we can finally see death as not not as an impending force of doom we so fear, but rather an escort to an to our next chapter. It is the end of a cycle and opens a door for a new lifetime to unfold. Damn. So here's the second part of it. If death comes up in a reading, do not be alarmed. Take the hand that guides you as if it belonged to an old friend and grab tightly. For death in this oracle is a sign of life. It can represent a grand beginning, a second chance at living, or mastering two lives in one lifetime. Beginnings can also be restorative, and it is it is more often than not that we forget to realize the beauty in, inf- in the infant- infancy of things. Yep, totally accurate. Um, so the next one is the comic cosmic tree. The mirror card for this is the hermit reaffirming inner truth we are told that the cosmic tree is at the epicenter of all souls 
It is where we all come from and where we, where we one day will return. It has had many names over time, but as it roots it, but as its roots is the collective unconscious unfolding for eternity. It is the great mother, the life force of all souls in the heart of the truth in all things. It is, it has existed since the beginning of time and will exist long after we are gone. It is wise not to seek out the cosmic tree, but rather to find comfort in its, its existence. If the cosmic tree comes up in a reading, it is offering guidance through the collective unconscious. Take this as a positive a positive affirmation that the path you are on is the right one and that in contemplation comes understanding and growth. Trust that the truth you seek is be is you truth you seek is be buried within the fibers of your very own being. Understand that knowing your inner truth may require isolation. Spend time with yourself. In the quiet there is a seed that needs nurturing. And again, accurate, 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 accurate. I did a reading yesterday with this deck and it was so spot on. It was, it gave me chills. It was so spot on. Um, the, I didn't know, so I've never, and I know I've mentioned this before, but I've never had an Oracle deck. I have friends with Oracle decks who've done readings, but I, it's never, um, Oracle decks have never really gelled with me, so to speak. I've never connected to one and one has never connect, connected to me. This Oracle deck, even more than its tarot counterpart, is so attuned. It's, yeah, and I've only had it for, I've had this deck for about four days and we've already meshed very well together. Um, I really, really love it. You guys should check it out if you haven't had a chance yet. Um, and again, when you get it, just lay it out. Do not shuffle it. Do not try and do a reading. Don't split the deck. Nothing. Just flip it out of the box, lay it down on a blanket and just look at the beautiful journey that it lays out when you put them out in order. Um, the tarot deck is like that as well. Um, so yes, that is what I suggest you do when you get this. Just lay it out and, and look at the journey. And that is where I'm going to end the podcast with our tarot read, or in this case, an oracle read. Um, I hope you like the little snippet of Billy. I will keep you updated on book two, as well as keeping you updated uh, about the launching of Mint and Beans. <laughs> As you, I'm so excited. Um, I will keep you up to date on both. And of course, any releases that I have coming up right now, everything is in the writing or editing stage. Nothing has been sent out to my publisher or my editor, but everything is moving very smoothly. And my, I, this, the, all the stories are flowing so well right now. It's, it's, it's kind of frightening to be quite honest, how well I've got like 11 tabs in my Microsoft Word program open right now. <laughs> if you have any questions, comments, um, any suggestions that you would like me to talk about, you know, topics you'd like me to talk about on the podcast, um, shoot me an email. It's October's Paranormal Podcast at gmail.com. And I will get to it, those questions, in the next podcast. 
And until the next podcast, thank you so, so much for joining me and have a great evening.